myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past Good evening, welcome to Steve's YouTube channel. It is News of the World, uh, our current affairs show, which we do every Wednesday with Lee and Patricia. And Anne and Cookie, a special guest tonight. Check out their channels below in the description uh, and you can subscribe to those, please. They are both good channels, both completely different. Anne always shoots straight from the hip and is always good. And uh, Cookie does some fantastic. Uh, two as in Newcastle. If you're in Newcastle, uh, crime and stuff like that, true crime adventures is definitely for you to get onto that as well. Uh, but as you know, we always have a lot of subjects to talk about. And um, last week's Ukraine show, Lee, was, was probably the, you know, one of the most watched, I think, so far, because people are, you know, having to live with world war and, and you know, potential world war on their doorsteps, war in Europe, certainly. And it was, it was, you know, it was a good debate last week, I thought, Lee. And I don't know whether anyone called it this morning, but I did manage to speak to Robin Perry. And as I've mentioned on my football show earlier, I know it's not people's favourite newspaper, The Sun, but taking away the fact that it's The Sun newspaper, Robin Perry's a friend of mine. He's a journalist. I've known him for many years before he worked for a national newspaper. He's out in the Ukraine. He's in Lviv at the minute. And he's somebody who is doing a fantastic job on, you know, keeping us up to date with what's going out there. And I managed to get, you know, just over 20 minutes with him this morning. Uh, from Lviv, telling us what you know what it's been like out there for the last two weeks. Um, yeah, and it, it's still very real, Lee. But the topic I wanted to start with was you know about Putin himself. There's been a few reports in the paper. We touched on it briefly last week about him potentially you know being ill, um, and you know maybe he's having some kind of life-threatening disease, and, and maybe this is to blame for you know he's he's erratic you know decisions over the last few weeks. What what's your thoughts, Lee, on that first of all? Well, you know, before you said about it, my father, like I said on last week's show, my father mentioned it a few weeks ago and said, I wonder if this guy knows he's coming to an end, so therefore he needs to have his one last swan song. Uh, the worrying thing about our little kind of friend in the Ukraine at the moment, and I've kind of, I'm not going to say I've changed tact on it, mate, but the way I view it, Zelensky is contributing to this 50% because he is watching innocent people getting killed he could basically hand over because all vlad wants is his back garden back i mean look into it as much as you want you know people will know more about this than me but he just wants his back garden back let the power pissed idiot have his garden back Zelensky is watching innocent people getting killed i don't believe that vlad wants to see ukrainians killed mate i really don't i just think he's on some kind of mad power trip so if if they gave over the keys to ukraine and I think NATO hopefully are going to play the long game. Hopefully they're looking at this as a four to five year plan. Basically give him his garden back and then we'll surface him out of his bunker. And then we hopefully NATO will plan to take this guy out. That's the way I see it. I mean, but I also understand the defiance side of it that Zelensky wants to, you know, uh, guard his territory. But he, he's watching people get killed. Don't know. What do you think? It's an interest, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I guess, I mean, Zelensky's getting painted as the hero, Lee. You know, he's somebody yeah, yeah, who's exactly. looking at as the, the hero of the, the hour. Cookie, I mean, you, you've sat and watched this uh, develop like the rest of us. What's, what's your take? Is, is Zelensky uh, as culpable as, as Putin in this? Uh, I think Putin, I think Putin being ill and stuff and that is, I don't think that's what's going on. I think it's just so they can take the dairy off what's really been going on, you know. I think, yeah. for me, it comes back to Clinton. 
you know, and Clinton, Clinton didn't trust uh, Putin, you know, when he, with Yeltsin as well, you know. I mean, they were all for democracy. The, the Americans had won democracy in, in, in Russia with the Berlin Wall coming to, mm. you know, but there were still loads of communists, like the KGB. Look what Putin is. He's, he's ex-KGB. He blagged Putin. He blagged Putin, saying he was a nice guy and was interested in democracy. What war brought him to power again? The Chechen war brought him to power. Consort, well, made him really powerful when they went, when them bombings happened in Russia. I mean, this has all been the build up, did it? And depending on what side you, like what left or right side you take on it, it's what, who's been the most devious, the Americans or the Russians? With all we've all sat back and watched it on me. I mean, I, I'm no war specialist or I'm no intelligent person, mate, but I, I've known for many years that Russia could be a problem. Uh, they apparently have 4,000 nuclear warheads if you believe what the media say. And we've, uh, you know, and we collectively have what 2,200. So, therefore, we have sat back and watched this guy build an empire or an arsenal ready to take down the world if need be. Now, if whatever his motives are, that's fine, but Jesus Christ, we've sat back as a collective. And watch this for ten years or so. You know what I mean? And that, what we're we doing? Why? Because he's got nuclear weapons, hasn't he? I mean, I do like the Russians because because you, you you get what you see with the Russians. You know the corrupt. You know what they're up to. You know it's they've been poisoning people mm. on my soil and everything. I mean, obviously, they have their motives. Like in anything, there's there's always three sides to a story, isn't there? There's your side, my side, and the truth. And that's what we're faced with at the moment. We don't know what is the truth. We've all got our conspiracy theories or our, our ideals or whatever ITV tell us. But all I know is, and I'm a simple man, is that I know that Russia have been building some kind of arsenal for many, many years, and we've done fuck all to combat it, other than sat back and Boris has been chirped off by your man Levedev or whatever he was called, and he was warned about this, and Angela Rayner was going on about it today, and I'm not a biggest fan, like I text you guys before, I think she's full of shit, but she, she went in on them, do you know what I mean? She said, you were warned about this, and you sat back and got wined and dined by Lebedev, or Lebedev, whatever he's called, and you sat back and watched it, and we were all warned about it. Patricia, Do what's you your want... take on this? We missed you last yeah, week, and um, I, I hope, hope, hope everything's okay. Yeah, yeah, no, Grand Steve. Um, the, do you know what I'm really struggling with uh, throughout this, and more so in the last week? I, I'm struggling with this this information war and the propaganda. I'm starting to question every single thing I read from everywhere. I don't know what to believe. Putin. He could be ill, yeah. He, I mean, this could be an ego trip, whatever. Um, his last, I mean, he wants to make a mark in history. He's ill. I just do, do not know what to believe anymore. I don't know if you've seen the tweets last week from the Russian embassy about the bombing in the women's hospital. The Russian embassy in London tweeting that a girl, I think she's a social media influencer, and she's pregnant. She documented her, her yeah. pregnancy on Instagram. And they tweeted that, I mean, yeah, you know, it's fake. She was wearing makeup, things like that. And, I mean, if we get that, I mean, you expect that from the Russians. But, I mean, I just don't know what to believe anymore. Does anybody get that feeling? We're getting news channels censored left, right and centre. And then I think to myself, my God, how do the Russian people think? What, you know, what are they yeah. getting? Because I think today there was a further sanction on BBC News. 
and it's really pickling my head. And probably as a journalist, you know, you're always looking for information. And I'm just thinking, God, this is this is brutal. Like people are losing their lives, and we don't know what to believe anymore because we're just being fed, and, and places are being censored, they're being banned. And I just, I find that a, a struggle, you know. Well, there was talk, wasn't there, Anne, about that um, that that Russian news reporter, yeah, um, who was Mariana. No, no war. Now we all watched that, and people are going, "What a brave woman! She's done, you know, that's fantastic. She's going to get fifteen years in prison." And then we had she a woman fine. on JMB this morning saying that she could possibly, it could be possibly misinformation, and that it could have been a stooge. Well, this is a look, right. I don't know why Russia would want to do that, for one, um, to set that up. I don't know why they'd allow it to happen. She's been fined and all this. And I find Lee's comments absolutely amazing over um, Zelensky. I mean, do you consider this country to belong to Boris Johnson? That he should yeah. do what he wants, not what the people want? Absolutely what you. What you said is that Zelensky should give the Ukraine back to the Russians. Have you ever thought for one second that the Ukrainians don't want to go back? And well, they have I, to say. Absolutely, Anne. But what I'm trying to say is, right, I'm telling you now, what's going to happen is dickhead fucking Putin will flatten that country and he will kill a lot of people. They have got no resistance to Russia. Let, let's have it right. They will not be able to resist Russia and neither will anything around there. You don't know so what, so what I'm saying is at the moment, well, I'm fairly confident, but if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I really hope I am, but I'm seeing a lot of things on the TV, like you say, it's manipulated, but what I'm saying is, give the guy the keys back, and then let's, as a bigger picture, as NATO, as the world, let the guy surface out of his rat hole, because the guy's not going to last forever, the motherfucker will die in 5, 10, 15 years, and in the meantime, we can plot a plan to get rid of this idiot, and then help build Ukraine back. Because at the moment, all he's going to keep doing is just chucking so bombs. Out. What we do is we get a country that is more powerful than we ever are and more much bigger than we ever are. And what we do is we say, well, wait a minute. What we do, we get Ukraine back. Then yeah. we get rid of Putin. Then we decide who's brought in. No, 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 no. NATO, I'm, I'm talking about a collective, not England. So Forget we England. Force, we say to the Russians, here we go. You've got NATO now. Get on with it. You don't understand this. It's a you, you can't just turn around and say, "Oh, give it back." The people don't want to go back. No, the no, they don't. Haven't said that, so you can't say that and say that Zelensky is doing what the people want him to do, and that's fight this. And if they get away with this, say that Putin doesn't come out of his hole and say, "Go on, finish me off." What do you think is going to happen then? He's going to go to the Balkans. He's going to go here. He's going to go there. It will spread, 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 spread. So it's not as simple as you're making it, it's giving it back. Don't blame Zelensky. He's doing what the people want him to do. I'm pretty sure they don't want to die. But they want... I'm pretty sure that's why they're, they're fleeing their country and spreading up around Europe and Boris is asking us to put them in our fucking back bedroom. I'm well, pretty I'll sure, tell you what, I'm pretty sure they don't want to die. War, when someone declares war on England, we'll just say, let Boris decide. Because we don't have a say. No because, no, because then that's what it. we do, we'd start no. fleeing to other countries, wouldn't we? That's that's pretty much what they're doing. We don't want to die. But this is what I'm saying to you. Why don't we just turn around and say, oh, no, go on, take us. In your view, during the Second World War, we would have just sat back and said, here we are, take it. Mm. Well, do you know what? I take on board what you're saying, but I'm pretty damn sure they don't want to die. And he will not stop until that country is a pile of rubble, whether he's in it or who's. 
Who's my, not? My, my limited knowledge of all of this really suggests that he is using the fact that you know that Ukraine were going to join NATO, that that apply to join NATO. He sees that as a threat. He sees that that the fact that. If they join NATO, then he has then got, you know, not just Ukraine on his borders, but he's got everybody who was part of NATO on his borders. And he sees that as a threat for whatever yeah. reason. And that is that is his reason for going in there. And I, I, I've got to be honest, I don't think this guy is going to stop. I don't think he will. The only way this will stop is if Zelensky wakes up tomorrow morning and says, right, we're not going to join NATO. And if he does that, yeah. I think Putin will withdraw. And that, well, is, the, that, is, that is the middle ground. That is the middle ground because yeah. that, that really is a get out for Putin. Uh, we will learn more about Putin now in the next 48 hours um, and we'll know exactly what his motives are because if, if Zelensky does that and Putin then plows on, um, this guy's a madman. But if he does decide to do that and he withdraws, maybe we will see peace resume. But it's been at a hell of a cost. And as Anne says, mm -hmm. casualties on both sides Maybe big casualties on the army side of Russia, which they have to deal with. But it's women, children, families uh, who suffered greatly, and three million people now, you know, leaving the Ukraine, refugees. It's 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 frightening. It really. Do you know what I do? Frightening. I do find strange, mate, is the fact that obviously all the Russian army are pretty much boarded in and around the Ukraine. Why is why hasn't there been any resistance into Russia? As in, let's say it was Zelensky versus Putin or whatever it may be. Why haven't they started bombing Russia? Just as a, as a kind of counteract. I don't know whether they could be about to say something. That maybe they haven't got the maybe they haven't got the planes, the artillery. I don't know. I think they have. I think they've got a fair bit behind them. Go on, Cookie. I think you were going to say. But something. I think I think overall, I think it's very important how the how the West deals with Putin because mm. the way we've dealt with dictators in the past has got to the stage where we are now with Putin. You know, I think Saddam Hussein was the first one. Then there was the Arab uprising uh, in in Egypt, and the, the I can't remember his name. The the president there got got uh, this took away, and then there was Colonel Gaddafi, you know. And that's what they're seeing because I like I read I, I watched loads of stuff years ago about this stuff, you know. And like I've been looking at some update stuff, and it's still the same. It's still the same. Putin's been paranoid about the way the West's been dealing, dealing with these dictators, you know. And like when the when the when the uprising went on, the Arab uprising went on, you know, they were actually rioting in Russia at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just put them on high alert. Like the West have not dealt with Russia properly for many, many, many years. Many the years. Reason, the only reason we ever got involved in any of that crap cookie was for oil. Or nothing. Mm -hmm. They've kept them under wraps. And that's been because of that relationship with Putin, a personal relationship. At least Donald Trump got one thing right, his personal relationships with leaders around the world. You know, he showed strength. I don't think there'd be a war now if Trump was president. I think Putin was scared of what Trump might do. That I certainly believe that. I would never I would never uphold Trump as any great leader. I've got to be perfectly honest. But I think Putin was was probably scared by the unpredictability of, of I, Donald Trump. He's it was two, two madmen, two madmen versus fucking each other, wasn't it? Yeah, it reminds yeah. me of that um, Frankie Goes to Hollywood video, two <laughs> tribes go to war and those two nutters <laughs> fighting over the button. Yeah, but your 80s background, Patricia, lad. And yeah, Boris Johnson in the background with his camera. 
Biden, Joe Biden's definitely seen as a week later. I mean, it's, there's no doubt about that. Don't underestimate him. Don't. No, I'm glad he got in, but I think in Russia's eyes, they see him as weak. Do you think he'll come good, Anne? I always you see from history, it's the ones that look hopeless in peacetime that suddenly come to the fore and are brilliant yeah. in wartime. It always happens. Always happens. Zelensky is one of them. He was right down in the polls, and now he's median population sh shot up. So this is what happens. I had a few conversations with people, as you do on social media, the world of uh, the knowledge. Uh, <laughs> Biden, please don't say Twitter. You have, you're the only a recruit to that, and that's the, or the oracle, which is social media. Uh, Biden was only ever put in charge for six to twelve months before he's medically retired. Who takes over after him? Number two. Who's number two? Black lady, first America. Leave it with you. I think she's I amazing. I, I love I her. Think. I think she's just she's so inspirational. I think I think I, I genuinely think that's what will happen. Well, it, it will do because he'll have to go at some point, and if she's that good, she'll naturally take over. Maybe yeah, or voted in. Okay, yeah. John's put a question in, and uh, we do like to get the chat. Well, so let's see, let's see what John says. I don't want to dwell on the war too much after this, so this will be the last port of call on this. We've got plenty of subjects to get through in the next forty-five minutes. John says, "When we invaded Iraq and Afghanistan, thousands of civilians lost their lives on a daily basis, but was never reported. However, I know two wrongs don't make a right, uh, and pot coal and kettle black uh, comes to mind, which I guess is a fair point, uh, John. Uh, Be happy says Zelensky going from hero to zero for me. He, he knows asking for a no-fly zone means World War Three, which equals more lives lost and families ruined. And Vince Smith, uh, he says Putin was an ex-KGB. He killed his way to power, and he holds on to power by killing, arresting, or poisoning anyone who tries to challenge him. So I do think that he is happy to kill anyone. So thanks for uh, your comments. Okay, let's uh, let's change things around a minute and go in a, a completely different direction. And I was in London at uh, at the weekend to uh, to watch Newcastle get robbed off Chelsea, and um, this struck me on the tube, staring. Now. As I got off the tube, that was staring me in the face. And I didn't know what this was. Now, the, the Lord Mayor of London has uh, sanctioned this. And it basically is a new law which has come into, uh, which has come into power, um, which states that staring is now considered sexual harassment. So the question of the panel tonight, um, and I'll start with you, Anne. Do you find it intrusive? As new laws come into play, which can which can deem that staring is sexual harassment, because well, I wouldn't say it's sexual harassment because I get stared at, and I'm sure people aren't, you know, thinking core. I want a bit of that, so I get stared at. But it's the way you stared at. It can be intensive and threatening when someone's staring at you. I mean, if someone's just looking at you like that. It's uncomfortable, but you just turn around and say to them, you know, if I've got a dick grown out of my head, what are you looking at me for? You just do it like that. But if someone's like really intensively looking at you, and how do you decide what is a sexual state? Who, who's going to police it? Yeah, what, who's going to police it? Who, me, we, can't, we can't even police knife crime. Who's going to police someone staring at each other? And some people can have conditions. Say that you've got autism or whatever, and you tend to stay. That's what happens. It's a stupid law. 
it's a stupid lord it is yeah for sure i'm sure you get stared at many many times in the street oh, yes. um <laughs> no. but is 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 this really i mean i guess i guess where Anne's coming from is is pretty pretty true yeah i mean you know if you if you you know you're looking at somebody you're standing in a packed tube like i was after the match you know you're facing in one direction you can't move then you are yeah. clearly not got much eye room to stare. You know, you may end up staring. And mm. we're only human beings. Ma male and female mm. are there to be attracted to each other. You know, in this in this day and age, some male and male, some female and female, whatever, um, you may, you know, catch somebody's mm. eye and you, you, you stare. But, you know, this is, this, is, yeah. this, is, this is a step too far, isn't it? Yeah. But I understand what I'm saying. You know, you yeah. can get somebody who really makes you look uncomfortable yeah. by looking you up and down and, you know, fixating some on the body parts or something. I don't know, but it's. I guess it's more to that. But how do you police it? Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. There's no way you can police it. And mm. I, what are you going to text in? Someone was staring at me for five seconds on the chip. But it doesn't even make any sense. I think it's ridiculous. And I'm like, I have reported actual real harassment and threatening behaviour. Uh, before the place and they can't even investigate that with proof so I don't even know what this right. is about I mean is it like just you know a for show thing or where you know we're trying it's, it it's is like show. Yeah. Van here yeah. it's absolutely ridiculous it's a waste of money I don't know what they're doing well, yes why, why, it's not be intimidating but most of the time when somebody's staring at me I, I just give them a death stare like and then they just go away can you just show us a death stare Patricia <laughs> what the hell are you looking at? Like, please, sort of please like, tell me. Please tell me. Please tell me you say, I know your name. It's what? <laughs> I know your name. <laughs> That's a very good accent, Lee. You've been Jim McDonald. Well. Quite clearly, you've been working on that since we started working together. So, well done. <laughs> Cookie, go. Cookie staring, um, is that something which uh, happens to you on a regular basis or is it uh, something where you've been caught in that situation on the metro or the bus in Newcastle? Well, not so much like on the buses and stuff like that, but other environments I've been in, this like staring like, can be like an aggressive thing, especially in prison and stuff. I've I've had some naughty stare outs and <laughs> sometimes I can't help staring back when I'm not supposed to, you know. Yeah, you can't. Sometimes yeah. you don't even know you're doing it. You might not be staring mm -hmm. at the person. I've had that happen to me. I've been mm -hmm. like in dreamland. You know when you just zone out. Staring suddenly, in the space, I call it. Staring yeah, in the space. Yeah. Someone, you suddenly see someone staring back at you, and you think, "Oh, good God!" They also were staring mm -hmm. at them, and that can happen. So you could never police it if it ever got to cause. You just say, "Oh no, I." Just zoned out. I didn't know I was looking at them, so they're never going to be able to get a case to go through. Just, just tell them you tell them you've got two glass eyes. It'd be right. Yeah, I know a couple of people <laughs> with glass eyes. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. there me quite regularly <laughs> down the camera. And so, <laughs> suppose some people they feel intimidated by being stared at. Yeah, yeah. But they this, I get it. I get it. Stared at, and people glare at me. But I'm that used to it all my life, basically, that I just, um, it doesn't bother me, but I suppose it was, um, but you, it depends, I say, if someone's really threatening you, but my response is to go back at them, because I learned a long time. I was going to say, it's how you reciprocate, isn't it? It's how yeah. you come back at them. If you give them, like, half a like, you know what I mean? It, yeah. it just diffuses everything straight away, but if you front up to it, then it causes the issue, and then it becomes, I've presumably... Had I've had people come so round have... to me like that. 
Yeah. I've spent, spent really? most of my yeah, time in environments where you staring's very important and you've got to be careful in that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Staring yeah. at people's look that is a threat and everything. Yeah, it is a threat. You know? so, so it is but policing it, I can't. No, you couldn't do it. You couldn't get a success. Lee, what charge. about you, mate? Are you um are you somebody who's uh, had a few stairs or uh no, no, I don't think so. No, I'm quite an happy-go-lucky kind of kid. So, but yeah, no, in the in the old environment that I used to work in, I used to get a lot, but not in general everyday life, mate. No, not all. And if I do, I diffuse it with a stupid fucking comment like I do, or yeah. a smile, or a you know, just something like hearted. And nine times out of ten, that'll get rid of it. Hmm. Fionn says I've felt threatened when I've been overseas in certain places and been stared at. Kelsey says yes, and 100%. Many people have mm -hmm. conditions that mean they give unusual yeah. eye contact. Um, John John says Lee's hit the nail on the head again. We can't police knife crime. Never mind staring. And <laughs> uh, staring would be almost near impossible to police, says Billy. And uh, Lana uh, says uh, they are depending on people complaining about it rather than policing it, I would say. I might um, ring. I'm going to ring Lancaster Police Station tonight and ring them up and say I've been stared at on the way home. See what they do. <laughs> yeah, I stared at a girl on the tube. 30 minutes later, we were in a hotel room, says Dan. You must have done the old Roger Moore eyebrow thing. For bringing in uh, dodgy laws, you know, so under the carpet, he's been doing it quite regularly. But this you is know, the problem, isn't it? We're locked down in COVID. You're right, Cookie. There, there's been yeah. so many laws brought in that we don't know about um, mm -hmm. until you until you probably break them. Uh, be happy says, someone stares at you more than 10 seconds, ring 101. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100%. Okay, um, the next the next one, you can see where we're going here, is um, does size matter? And um, no, we're not taking this down the uh, the uh, the perverted uh, line that some of you people may be thinking. We're taking it down off to this article, which shows that little squirt is a hero. Great smalls of fire. Uh, five foot Charlotte is the UK's smallest inferno fighter. Now, I've got a good friend called Sarah, who's a firefighter. Many of you who follow us on social media will see we've we gone out for walks over the over the two years. She's a good friend of the family, but she's a firefighter. She's five foot five, five foot six. Um, but the question really is, Lee, and you've worked in the services, um, you know, about, you know, just about the size of people. Policemen, for example. Policemen used mm. to be six foot two, Lee. Um, you know, nowadays... Tell me a copper that you see that's six foot two. They're all five foot nothing. And you know, oh, I've seen one seven foot used to work with. Well, there you go. On. You've, yeah. been the on. You've been in that position. So, yeah, Lee, I mean, are, are we getting, are we going to, you know, the smaller, the smaller size of people in the fire brigade, you know, and, and all these different services, screws in prison? You were one, of course, Lee, back in the yeah. day. Um, is, 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 does size matter in the job anymore? I think it's a mirror. Uh, no, it doesn't. And technically, no, it shouldn't. Uh, but I think it's a mirror of UK society. Uh, I'm going to give you a little. I'm going to give you a little flip side on this. I lived in Spain for a while, and all of the Spanish coppers literally looked like RoboCop. They yeah. were built up to death. They were fit lads. You come back to England, and you'd be lucky if one could fucking run to Greg's and back. Yeah. I know it shouldn't matter, and no, it doesn't matter because in the fire brigade, I know some of the girls that I used to work with in the fire brigade were far more able than some of the men in the fire brigade. And, and vice versa in the prison service. Prison service used to be a lot of military men, used to be a lot of boys coming out of the army, a lot of squaddies, a lot of really ripped up fellas, big aggressive men. But then again, that can cause more problems. 
So you sometimes you will find in prison, the actual female officers are kind of better than the males for kind of de-escalating things, for keeping things on an even keel. But of course, when the shit hits the fan, I, I hate to say it, but you do need some kind of physical presence. Yeah. There isn't enough numbers of staff in a prison. Like, for instance, you've got three staff on a wing of 70 lads. Now, you've yeah. got to have some kind of physical presence because at some point you're going to have to restrain someone. And if you're all five foot fuck all, you're going to really struggle. And the prison service don't supply you with enough backup to control that situation. So, no, it doesn't matter, mate. But in a weird kind of way, yes, it does. I'm sitting on the fence. I'm sitting on the fence with that one. Yeah, fair enough. Cookie, I mean, you know, if, if there's a busy coming towards you and he's five foot, I, I, you know, and you're, you're getting away from him, uh, you know, I don't know. You, what, what's the situation with you? Are you worried about, uh, you know, the size of him? Or, you know, did, does it make you more confident if there's a small cop chasing you down the street? Oh, I would say so. I, well, they might be able to run faster, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, of the smaller, but as for getting ahead of his and restraining his and stuff and all that, I never know. I mean, I just know that if the if if, if size the little man syndrome gets a hurry, you, you know, and be strong and get you mm -hmm. in the fire service. If I was trapped in it in it in a yeah. burning building, I'm not bothered who pulls me out as long as I keep. It, it's not so, to be honest, mate. It's not so bad in the fire service because you've got a decent amount of teams and everyone's got the designated jobs, but. Do you know what I mean? In the prison service, it's a different kettle of fish because you're looking at an, like an imposing figure yeah. controlling 70 lads or having a grip on 70 lads. Mm -hmm. Fire brigade's a bit different. So mm -hmm. so the girl probably can do it. My only worry yeah. is the fact they do a lot of kind of ladder pulls and there's a lot of upper body strength. So for her to do that at five foot, she must be some serious machine. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm going to be bringing Dean Lynch Ward in in about two minutes I've just because we're going to be changing <laughs> topics. But Patricia, just your, your views on this particular... The most, I mean, I'm only five foot three. Um, I, I mean, I, my my height doesn't make a difference to my fitness. I'm extremely unfit. I think it all, it's all to do with your fitness. I don't get the height thing. What does your height have to do with how you do your job? It's how you're fit. I mean, you know, that's my opinion. I just don't get the whole height thing. I, I know. The PSNI, the police service in Northern Ireland, where I'm from, did away with it. Um, it's, I just don't mm. think it makes any difference. And like sometimes the smallest of people kind of have the biggest battles to overcome, and they kind of have, have more fighting spirit than anybody else. So mm. no, I, I just don't get it. I, I never got it. I get kind of understood it. It's a, is it an aesthetic thing? You see a big tour come towards you, a policeman, whatever. But no, I think it, it should be to, to do more with fitness than anything else. And I fitness, never fitness get into be, the police service or the fire service. because Fitness seems to be coming through amongst everybody, Anne. Uh, fitness fitness wins fights, uh, which we'll be talking about in a couple of minutes' time with uh, Dean. But yeah, I mean, you know, height shouldn't really matter, should I? And a couple of comments here. John says, brains over brawn nowadays. Uh, height it depends, height doesn't it... matter, but strength does, says Vince. No, uh, no, Kirk no, says, no, no. firefighters need all sizes, get her through the pipes yeah. and harder fit areas. Yeah. So lots of people. She's a firefighter, Steve. There's a big difference between a firefighter and height and being a police officer or being yeah. in a um, prison. Why have I forgotten prison guard? You're supposed to say prison guard now, aren't you? Um, now, when you see, because you see in the police, remember that seven foot one I told you about? He was huge, absolutely huge officer. As a joke, they used to send them out. 
the inspector, and he'd get the smallest female officer he could, which was about four foot two, and send them both out patrolling down the streets just as a joke. Yeah. But what you'll find is, I'd imagine it being a firefighter, height wouldn't be so important. But what you've got to understand about being a police officer, it depends on what is happening or what situation is being faced. You'll find that a small pace, but you get this in the ballet world, which I came from. Small ballet dancers are much, much quicker and faster, and they can do the faster movements than yeah. tall dancers. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with when you're in a situation where you have to run after someone, you'll usually find a small person will be the one that will zoom mm. and they'll be able to zoom in and out much, much quicker. So it all depends on what the job is, what you've got to do and the situation you're facing. But with the police where it gets difficult is because you can never predict what situation you're going into. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you'll need that height. Sometimes, And it's like they used to go, oh, you know, when you get big um, overweight officers, I tell you now, over, sometimes I, you need it. Sometimes you because they'd literally sure. right down on top yeah. of them. Yeah. Look, at, <laughs> look at Tyson Fury. Look at Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. There's your yeah. answer. Mm-hmm. One looks like he's been in Greg's for 12 years. The other one looks like he's been in the gym. It's to the job and what situation you face. It does. I'll go through a couple of comments because I'm going to bring Dean on. Mouse Charger says, in the army, there were females five footish, and even though we were all equal, it sometimes made me feel that I was the butch one out of most of us. But mm-hmm. I learned to use that to my advantage in a positive way. And uh, Bullet says, I think an IQ test would be better than <laughs> height test. Height doesn't mean strength, you says Mouse that. Charger. Uh, John agrees with Anne. And Vince Vince says, when I went to the fitness test for the fire brigade, they had a certain test with different size dummies. Yeah. I had to pull the biggest one. I didn't understand the different sizes as you do not get to. So uh, that is good. Bullet says, loves the fact that I put all the comments up. Hello, mum. Okay. Bring, <laughs> Hello, Bullet's mum. Hello, Bullet's mum. Welcome, Dean, to the panel. Um, Easy, Dean guys. Dean and I were having a conversation last night, but we got cut off because, unfortunately, he was in traffic and um, he didn't quite get a chance to finish off what he was saying. For those of you who watch this show on a regular basis and don't know who Dean is, he is promoting the new 3D Fight Club uh, and they've got the first big show uh, at Bowlers in Manchester this coming Saturday. Um, And, yeah, Dean, just to to come back to you, really, um, fantastic, fantastic. It's going well, isn't it? It's selling well. Yeah. speaking on the phone today. Yeah, everything, everything's going great, to be fair. But like you're saying, it's been challenging with it being the first promotion. You know, we did have a lot of obstacles, a lot of hurdles, what we've had to, you know, we had, we've had to overcome. But what we've kind of done is now we've set the template moving forward uh, for the project. And basically what, what we try to do is we try to associate, so with the 3D Fight Club, we try to associate a lot of um, organisations with it as well. So we just tagged, we like to try to attach like the uh, Manchester Knife Grand Project. And once we can attach to the Manchester Nine Craft Project's uh, 3D Fight Club, um, then obviously we're going to try and expand that throughout. Try and expand that throughout the UK. Um, well, everything's going good. Everything's going kind of. We just got to keep it positive at the moment because people think because it was bare knuckle boxing, it was a big promotion, and there was a lot of stigma behind it. They thought that there was a, it was a very negative thing that was bringing on board, and we're just yeah, trying I've to provide. I've noticed that, mate. I've noticed that. There's yeah. a lot of negative idiots commenting on it, and it's just yeah. shite, man. But what we what we try to do is, is so what we're basically saying is we we initially put it on there for YouTube YouTuber beefs podcaster beefs. I mean, if you've got two yeah. lads on a street corner that's got an issue, and what we're basically saying to them is, look, we'll sponsor you to come to the platform. We'll train you to start out in the ring rather than stab each other. 
Yeah. If you don't want to out in the ring, come to 3D Fight Club and surely we can sit down between both parties and make the kids shake hands. Yeah. And when I say kids, I mean street yeah. corner kids, you know, because obviously that was kind of where we came from. So that's how we kind of built up. That's what we kind of built up with 3D Fight Club and that's how we kind of pressed it to come to that. Um, but we, yeah, it's just, but it was a bad press that we got with it, obviously getting attached to it and stuff like that. But now we've kind of hit people associating fuggery and violence. I mean, well, look, you've got to look at it. We're not really promoting bare knuckle boxing as the best thing we're doing it as a promotion but what we're basically saying is it's a lot better to sort them out the old school way the fisticuffs way than the way people are sorting out issues these days but strictly what we want to do is we want to get some of these young lads coming up through the ranks and build them into elite level athletes yeah similar yeah, yeah. to the ufc kind of platform so we're gonna we're gonna try and open up opportunities with local boxing gyms boxing gyms all over the uk if they've got lads there that don't want to make it in the boxing world, they feel like they've got no other way in life, come to 3D Fight Club and let's see if we can get you on the platform and build you up. Fantastic. You've had a bit of negativity. You say social media can be a massive plus, yeah. but it can also be a negative. And accusations from some people who aren't in the know um, will have to say, you know, trying to say that it was a scam and yeah, all of yeah. this, very misguided and very misleading, which is not, not positive for you, Dean. Yeah, no, nah, it wasn't positive at all. I mean, obviously, we had the incident with the press conference and stuff like that, but, you know, it's all it, bad publicity. What we've learned doing this promotion, no matter what the publicity is, it's still giving us publicity, good or bad, you know, and, and this is a thing. We've built the platform that big. Now, what we what we did find out is that the people that were sabotaging the same was a scam was other bare knuckle associations throughout the UK. You know, they, they obviously seen us as a threat and basically was contacting councils and police and trying to crash the event. But what we've done, we've just kept everything above board because we've, you know, it's, it's a legit. You know, we, we didn't do anything cloak and dagger like some other organisations are doing out there. You know, we kept it. And when we were approached by the police and we've been approached by the council, what we've basically put in is, well, this is the package of what we're putting together. You know, we're mm. we've got the probably there's no there's no platforms like this in Manchester whatsoever. So we're putting this platform in Manchester, and what we're basically saying to them is, you know, we everyone's tried for years, and you say, can you get this guy off the street? If we can get if we can get start to 20, 20, 20 youngsters and get one of them on the platform and get two of them not to carry a knife, we've done well. So our aim, our aim what we've sat down as a team, our aim is to get three out of every 20 with a positive mindset. And if, obviously, if, they can do, if we can do it with the 3D Fight Club platform, then this is an achievement for us. So we're not all just in it just to make money on our behalf because we're not going to make money off these kids with these street beefs or anything like that because we're willing to sponsor these guys to get them off the streets, put them in the gym and yeah. sort any differences between them. And what we're going to try and do as well, run from 3D Fight Club, but just try, we're just looking into it now where we can get some of these youngsters, school dropouts and stuff like that, where they can come to 3D Fight Club and we can train up to be personal trainers and stuff like that. This is all stuff that's going on behind the scenes. So 3D Fight Club as a promotion with the fighters is one side of it. Then obviously we've got the stuff we're doing behind the scenes as well. So all the sort of stuff that things like we used to, I mean, in our era, boys and girls, we used to have <laughs> things like youth clubs and stuff that would promote this kind of thing. All the youth clubs and that have gone. There's no funding for it. There's no nothing. So for, nothing. You, to that, for you to take that on, mate, fair play to you, because yeah. the fucking kids are literally on the street corners with fuck all to do. And what they're going to start doing, we'll start popping each other. Is, Everything is, is gone. Everything is gone for the kids. Even the you, parks, even the play parks and everything. They're getting taken away and built houses and apartments, especially in Manchester, mate. There's fuck all. I used to live down there. Do you know what it is? There's nothing. But do you know what the thing is? What you've got to kind of realise is it's... It's, it makes you wonder, doesn't it, where the funding is? Because there's funding yeah. out there. I mean, we're yeah, not doing yeah, this with any funding. It's all coming from, from our own yeah. pockets, yeah. you know, to get it off the ground and stuff. But there's funding out there. So it just goes to show what's, you know, what's what really is getting done about it. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
Is it not? You know, if it's regulated in a controlled environment, is it not better than, I mean, it being done underground? And listen, I'm from Ireland. I know the impact that boxing clubs have for for youth, especially those in in depraved areas and the hope it gives them. Like, fair play to you. If it's regulated in the right way, it's given young kids a hope. And, I mean, this it goes on anyway. And if you're trying to regulate it, I don't see what the issue is. I don't see what the backlash is. So, like, fair play to you for doing it, and especially for... You know, bringing young people on board, and it's I still right think way, we, people should have an issue. Yeah. I still think anyway. there's a bigger, there's a bigger. I think still think there's a bigger culture in Ireland, Patricia, where oh, there is yeah. that kind of culture, and I just yeah. think we've lost it in England. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I think in Ireland, this is going on quite a lot. I'm not saying you know it's private or whatever. That is the culture over there. We've lost it over here. It's just gone fucking west somewhere, and they've taken all the funding from it. And guys like you popping up to do it are having yeah. to fight tooth and nail. To get a few quid to do this, that, and the other. I mean, well, but, it, it, but like you're saying as well, even though we're a bare knuckle promotion, we're also willing to put on gloved fights because we, you know, so with these yeah. people out there that do want to have a bit of taste of it. I mean, look, we 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 want to work with everybody on on the back of that. Now, you know, a lot of people. What we've kind of realised is, if you look at me being an ex, you know, I've been in prison myself. And what yeah. I know is a lot of people that come out of prison, they end up getting, you know, personal fitness courses and stuff like that. So what what our approach is, you're saying, look, on behalf of the 3D Fight Club. Why can't these lads have to go to prison to be a personal trainer? Why can't we we run this training organisation under our platform to stop exactly. these lads from going to jail? Do you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly, and also free up prison places. Well, you know me, I'm an yeah. ex-crew, but to free yeah. up the, the, the prison places, sending people to prison for menial menial little... Well, I'm not saying menial because crime's not menial, but yeah, yeah. Where, where, where you could... Like like the old youth clubs kind of thing, mate. Yeah, like yeah. what probation used to do. And listen, probation services, that's fucking on its ass. It might as well not yes. be involved. So you guys take them on as as technically mentors. Give, yeah, them, yeah. give them a path. Give them a path. Mentor them because you are lads that have been in and around crime and in and around yeah, experience yeah, yeah. in life. Why why can't that be a thing? Why well, do that, you have to? And this this is why we this is the kind of the 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 way that we the way we've had the backlash and this is why we've took it on the offensive side when we have had the backlash and got our backs up about the promotion, the reason being is because of what we're standing for. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, People yeah. just looked into it as if it's going to be barbaric, obviously, because of the background of and stuff like that. And we just try to say, you know, you've got to put, you got you, you portray one image, Yeah. you know, which we have portrayed that one image for certain reasons. But in the backlash, when it comes to stuff like this, if you do, if you've got to do this in a positive light, you know, you've got to be positive about it because and what you've got to remember at the same time is, you know, we're we're talking. We're you know we're looking to deal with youngsters. So if we get a sixteen-year-old lad coming there, and we're portraying yeah. this big bad image, and it's not the right platform, the parents yeah. aren't going to be reluctant for him to come to Three D Fight Club yeah, and work with us. Do you, do you understand what I mean? So, yeah. and that's kind of that's kind of where it, where where it happened. Moving on from that, but like you're saying, we've also we're also we're not just targeting just youngsters. It's people out there, you know, people suffering from mental health, and you know we're willing to help them. We're going to do mental health awareness. We've got. Um, there's another. There was another. There's an illness that's come to light. Um, one of the lads in Manchester, his daughter's got a rare illness, and it is unrecognisable. So we're doing one of the fights. Is is a fundraiser for that. So we've got three yeah. fundraiser fights on there. We've got one for. Um, there, there was another. We've got a lad in Birmingham that's fighting on the card. His fights for. He found his niece. Um, I hope you don't mind me speaking about this, Jack, because I know he's watching it on a live. But he'll be all right. He found his niece dead um, from cop death. So we're doing a charity event for that as well. So there's a lot of stuff we're just doing on the 3D Fight Club, even though it's burn up boxing. Things, yeah, Positive yeah, yeah. Things. Positive yeah. stuff. 
That's yeah. a, that, that's the kind of stuff we're doing on the 3D Fight Club, and that's not going to be just for the first promotion. That's you yeah. know, if people want to raise any any kind of awareness, you know, we're all in. It's yeah, not the so. longevity in that, mate. From from yeah. a personal point of view, forget financial. The longevity people will yeah. buy into that because yeah. at the moment yeah. there's not a lot of support out there. Even people going through mental health uh, not. services and whatnot, they're on their ass as well. So people are really clutching at everything, and they need support from things like this. Even chats like what we're doing now, people are tuning in and yeah, all being yeah. for an hour. They're taking their head away from whatever's going on. Things like this just give an add to it and add to it. The people have add got to look it, after yeah. the people. But listen, the fucking government are not going to look after you. The services are not there to look after you. So you've got to buy into people that you trust and who you can gain inspiration from. Do you know what it is? If you can't work off each other, there's no point existing. That's no, that's what I, 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 I you know. Can I just ask something, Dean? Right? So you know, you're talking about mental health. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, done a video concerning this. All these bare knuckle, knuckle fighters and fighters, you know, that I see, every single one of them seems to have mental health issues. And I'm just wondering whether there's yeah. any correlation between someone having the brain shaken in the head as the fist comes towards them but, and mental health somehow. But do, you know know. What, do you know what it is? It's kind of mad you say that because, like I said, even you, Steve will probably know this we've been in the pro boxing game. Mm. It's not just bare knuckle boxers. A lot of fighters struggle for mental health full mm. stop. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Now, what you got to kind of remember is, you know, you, mental health, every single person, we all struggle for mental health at some point. Now, I'm not just saying it on, a, on an opinion being biases for the vernacular boxing, um, but I'm saying in general, what I've come across a lot of mental health sufferers in all combat sports. Yeah. Now, well, are, they got, are, are they creating mental health through being in there? Or is it the fame? Is it the limelight? Is it the training? Probably, probably before it, mate. That's probably what edges yeah. into it. You and that's what, what I mean? that's what that's the point I'm getting. At. I don't think it's yeah. actually getting the brains rattled in the ring. No. I think it's more that's what's brought them to the fight I game because they've struggled with mental health. I don't know, Dean. I don't know. I just don't think it's a good idea to. I mean, as I described once, it's like getting in a yeah. car and you keep on hitting the brakes and doing that. Would you do yeah. that to yourself? No, you wouldn't, because you'd know eventually your front lobe would get damaged. And oh, I yeah. just see something here. My, and also, it's the message that gives out, because I've worked in community theatres with children, yeah, yeah. right, who yeah. were problem youths, and they wouldn't go to school or whatever, and it was because they couldn't, the environment they were in. Now, they were put through theatre skills, and it was absolutely amazing once yeah. they were given the right now, I'm not saying that all youths will respond to waking in the theatre, it might not be their kind of thing, but it had a big success. But the only thing I'm wary of is the message it's given out. It's like you're replacing the message of violence is the way to sort out, and that's why I don't like this straightener thing because it's like, oh, well, what we do is we sort out by our fists. No, but what we're, what we're basically, no, what we're basically saying is we're not condoning violence so I understand where you're coming from what I'm saying is mm. if there's no other way to resolve your problem come to 3D Fight Club now we've got a strong enough team around us where we can sit down with both parties and, and try and get an handshake mm. yeah the point what I'm, the point what I'm getting at is that you don't promote violence full stop you know violence is violence for me should always be last resort unless you're back mm. into a corner or you have to resolve an issue no other way but what we're basically saying is there's more, there's less straighteners on the streets these days. There's more knife crime, shootings, weapons yeah. and so forth. So what we're basically saying is if we're going to have to deal with one of them, the best way to deal with it is with them. 
You know, because at this at this moment in time, the issue you've got when you're out on these streets, I mean, I'm a lad that's come from the streets, you know, and I'm not proud of it, but I have to be honest. And when you're on the streets, there's all these free options. You've got you've always two types of weapons you use. Oh, it's their hands. The hands never, ever. It's always a last resort. It's always quick to use weapons. I mean, if you look around the UK, there's youths killing each other constantly. If we could go around the UK with a project that makes everyone shake hands, then we live in the ideal world. But unfortunately, we don't. Mm. You I know, think, like you say, it's taking a step back into the old school, really, isn't it? Yeah. Where you want, you know, where you'd stand in a pub car park and have a tear up, and then you go and have a pint. It's going back into that era, which is like you say, people people might die, but if you stab yeah. someone, you probably will die. So you'll take a step back. I mean, look, if you if two people come out and have a few bangs, you know, nine times out of ten they're all right. They go and yeah. have a few bumps and stuff like that. But when one lad goes out and stabs another lad how many lives get ruined you've got the victim the victim all his family's lives are ruined and then the lad that's done it his his family then become a victim as well because yeah. obviously their son's done that so it's a bigger knock on effect everyone everyone involved becomes a victim when you're seeing that every single day I mean, my mum was my mother was a social worker for 13 years she's seen a lot of stuff you know she become a victim after 13 years and had to pull out because she I read, couldn't take no more of what she's seen and obviously yeah, yeah. we're having me and my brothers as sons that grew up in that environment, I mean, I was stabbed four times, and that's why I'm so solely against. I believe dealing with your hands, dealing with it the right way. If if you can't create an handshake, but the problem you've got these days is too many people go there. They'll have an handshake and feel like they've lost pride. Then six weeks later, they'll go straight back at it again. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and, and Change, unfortunately, it's an education as well, and it? it's so yeah, in the mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a pride thing. Everyone's full of pride yeah. and ego, and we've all been there. Do you know what I mean, so I understand what you're saying, Amber. I'm just saying we're not promoting violence. But we've got the platform. Now, what we're doing is when we've got actual athletes, BKB fighters on our platform for the promotion, obviously that's yeah. where the sales and stuff come into it. If yeah. we've got two lads on there who, you know, generally want to sort out a genuine issue and we put them on the platform, we're not interested in making money out of these guys and televising these guys or anything like that. We just want them to resolve the issue. Branch off them, mate, and have a separate, yeah. couldn't you? That could be a separate entity. Once you've got it built, built they can and that's it, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some great great points coming through, most of them positive, I've got to be perfectly honest. Kelsey, who watches our shows quite regularly, says, I've never heard any of these other objectives of 3D Fight Club being discussed before, so it's great initiative. Yeah. Um, and Do the Right Thing says, sorry, folks, but the internet, social media, video games and movies are creating a whole new breed of youth. Glamour, money, power, peer pressure, all are promoted online and the youth want them all. And uh, this one from Original Dave says, I'm retired from the Royal Navy. I've been through various wars. The smallest in the team is just as important as the biggest in the team. Getting back to the point we were discussing earlier. It's all about being and working together as a team, guys. Yeah. Which, is, which is what 3D Fight Club does as well, to be honest. They, they work as, uh, as as a team. Um, okay, look, last, ten, last six or seven minutes of the show, um, 3dfightclub.co.uk is where you can find the details for the show. The show is selling well. Uh, but there's still a few tickets left, so if you want them, get on there. There's also pay-per-view, which is £9.99, so get yourself on to 3D Fight Club. And if I can also mention, if anyone else wants to do raise awareness for any other organisations out there, just uh, get hold of Steve, get Steve to get in touch with me, and then we'll get it out there on the platform. Yeah, good stuff. And um, we are gonna we're gonna concentrate on the, the the social media wars. And Dean, I don't want you to get involved. I'd rather this that was the most positive interview I think yeah. I've ever seen you do. And I don't yeah, want yeah, to uh, even have you on for this last bit, mate. Because that's fine, mate. I don't want you to get sucked into all of that. No, no, no. 
It's all right. I'm in the middle of I'm in the middle of fixing the Uber anyway, mate, because I'm not in the Uber the stairs. The Uber's blocked up. <laughs> to be honest. That's take, care, to be honest. All right, take care, guys. See you in a bit. Thanks for joining us. Great to have Dean on. And um, like people are saying in the chat, they've seen a completely different side to Dean there. That is because Dean is not getting sucked into all this social media yeah, rubbish. Right, He's talking about something which he passionately believes in. He's trying to get something off the ground. They're doing it in memory of my good friend, John Owen, who passed away, the guy who had jabsignature.co.uk, along with him and Dougie. And, uh, you know, Saturday, I'm sure, will be a big success, a big event. And, you know, big up to the lads for giving it a go. I know how hard it is to, to promote shows, put them on. I did, you know, nine years in the unlicensed, nine years in the professional game. Um, and it's, it's a thankless task. Uh, so good luck to the good luck to the guys. Um, okay, last last seven minutes we're going to talk about the social media beef. Um, and some people on the screen have been involved, some people haven't been involved. So I think it's a fairly balanced uh, a fairly balanced panel for this. So Lee, I'll come to you uh, first on this. Um, social media beefs on YouTube in particular. Let's just concentrate on YouTube. Um, the whole the whole YouTube has been obsessed with Dekahegi for the last nine or ten months. Um, and there's been lots of offshoots from that. Um, there's also been the Paddy Conroy, Stephen Sears, Steve Wraith circle, which me and Cookie met through. And I'm pleased to say that you know Cookie and I really get on well these days. And we don't we don't even really talk about that situation when we're talking about other things. He's got his life, I've got mine. We're both trying to help each other. But what, what do you make of it, Lee? Some of it, some of it's genuine, some of it's real. And we're, you know, I went on Anne's show. If you get a chance to click Anne's link below, you, you yeah. can watch the the discussion we had the other night. It went on, it felt like it was only over yeah, ten was... minutes. It went on for over two hours, and oh, probably could have still been on tonight. What do you make of it, Lee? Is it an, and is is trial by YouTube a fair way of deciding things? Um, no, I don't think it is, mate. I think it's purely entertainment. It's like putting correlation straight on in it. Uh, I think like what Dino's just come on there and he said, if, if, you know, if there was any real kind of issues, that that would be the perfect platform. And it kind of is that kind of platform to sort all this shit out because it's just basically messages to and fro in from people. Having said that, I did watch the Paddy Conroy one the other night that you turned up on. Uh, and that was uh, that was comedy gold, brother. I must admit, it was. Well, it was a bit gold. like Harry Enfield, wasn't it? Somebody took yeah, it was like, uh -huh. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that you know the, the background to that, but I did have a good chuckle. Video Craig obviously does a lot of very funny videos on Decker. Um, I, I don't know. It's I think it's purely just for views in that circle that you mm -hmm. talked about there. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not believing it. All right, Cookie, you and you and I met through the the Dekahegi scenario, um, and obviously, you know that got great views. I mean, my my confrontation video, I think, with Decker is currently on seventy eight thousand. Um, you and me, I think, it's on about forty five thousand. I checked them out yesterday. They're both still up there. Both still doing, both doing numbers. That's really what it's about, YouTubers. I'm afraid it's about getting good numbers on videos. Um, and if your channel's monetized, you're going to make money from it. So, but what's your view? And haven't been in the middle of it, Cookie. Uh, I find it very manipulative. YouTube for all the different stories and uh, emotionally are pulled in hundreds of different directions, you know. And if you're lucky enough to have a little bit of uh, independent information around whatever issues going on, then you can sort of like make a good judgment of what's going on. But trial by uh, YouTube, it's I don't think it's real, you know, and I think that guy's in his date. 
Yeah, it's yeah. not looking good. I've got to be honest. And I mean, yeah, I've put a couple of things out this week. Um, you know, I've got my reasons for doing that. Uh, I keep my powder dry and then, you know, I'll, I'll choose to put stuff out when I feel like it. And, yeah. you know, I've kept out of it for three months. I've sat and watched. I certainly don't think a trial by YouTube is fair. I think there's going to be some serious repercussions. I said this as I'm sure. I think there'll be arrests. I think the police are sitting back watching all of this with great interest. And I think anybody who's decided now to be judge, jury and executioner on this particular case is going to suffer at the hands of the law. That is what I feel will happen. I don't care what Decker says about it and saying that he's not going to do this and he's not going to do that. I don't believe a word he says. I think he will go to the police and I think those people will be arrested. Mm. Has um, he been staring at you, though? Has he been caught staring at you? Um, he's not stared at me, I'm happy to say. Um, I think well, Paddy Conroy has certainly stared at us. Um, there's no doubt about that. In fact, the way he stared at us when I met him in his warshed when I was doing those videos about Ronnie Cray was very, very unnerving, shall we say. Um, Patricia, from your perspective, uh, you're a complete independent in all of this. You, you know, you're a... You know, you're I don't a even know who Jack is. Well, you're I'm a... Like, you're, you're oh, in a my position. God. You can't That's say that. Patricia. And wow. she's like, she's like, well, little daughter in all of this. She's like, she's, <laughs> she's got her hands over her ears, her hands over her eyes, and her hands over her mouth. She doesn't see no. You, you know who Zelensky is, but you don't know who Decker Heggy yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, my um, God. I'm scared. I'm not scared of going down a rabbit hole and not getting out of it because obviously I'm scared. But um, oh, okay, what about just... YouTube beefs? What about? I mean, look, you know, I think we're taking back the trolling, which I think we'll probably discussed on show one, Patricia. Just, yeah. just mm -hmm. internet bullying. What, what's your views on on cyber bullying, internet bullying, and the laws? The yeah, I mean, I'm sure these YouTube beefs can start off okay, but then it, it always goes too far, doesn't it? It's the same with social media. It just always goes too far, and. Um, I mean, I'm sick of seeing subtweets about people and, you know, and then just these direct attacks and these, like, there's different levels. Like, there's the subtweets, then there's, like, the direct attacks, and then there's, like, the maniacs who just, like, what do you do? Like, I mean, I, as I've said in this show before, I now limit myself to social media. I only go on at certain times. Um, even WhatsApp and, and Lee knows because he's about to strangle me for not replying to him. I take huge breaks from it because I just I just have to tune out. That's my way of dealing with it and it shouldn't be your way of dealing with but that's it. Always it it always culminates. It always culminates in someone getting called a nonce because that's all they've got. The steps. Yeah. The steps, yeah. and then it just ends up nonce, and then that's and then, it. Well, it's like saying Hitler, isn't it? It's finished once they do that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's but it's, what can you do? Like, uh, I know there's this online bill or whatever that's coming in, and, and until then, I don't know. It's a wild west. We just have to kind of protect ourselves, and you know, you know yourself, Steve. You've you've got it horrendous as well. And Lee, as I don't know, Cookie and Anna, if you, you've suffered social media, <laughs> I think everybody has. But it's just you have to just learn to fucking soothe yourself and just deal with it. It's horrible, you know. If I could get any of the people that sent me those horrible, you know, tweets, you'd have to put them like, what is what is wrong? He was going through your head, but you'll never be able to because you can't. So you just yeah. have to, you know. 
Yeah, and, um, and I mean, you're you're, you're uh, not only a connoisseur uh, of, of all this involved, beef on this beef on YouTube, but yeah, you're very good at being, you know, you're very good at being, uh, a, you know, a casual observer and somebody mm. who can comment, a social media commenter. You, you're often quick off the mark to get a video done about and give your view. You, you always mm. make it very specific to your view. And if you're involved in it or somebody somebody calls you out, I mean, you know, that's how we met, really. I, I saw a yeah. comment by you. I didn't go on the offensive and make a video about you. I just put a message over to you and yeah, we are, we're, we're contributing to each other's channels on a regular basis, which is mm. great. Despite certain people, you know, trying to stick the knife in with me, with other contributors, I've yeah. done exactly the same with them. Um, you know, I, I think it's good, but what, what's your, what's your take on the whole situation at the moment? Anne? Well, with me, what they're doing is exactly what we were talking about the other day. They're creating a Dekahegi into a victim now. And my latest video on them, it's ex expressing that it's the fact that the way they're playing the games now, going after him, he is looking like someone that's being cyberbullied. Now, yeah. when I say that, let me qualify that. I know damn well that Decky Heggy plays up to this and he encourages a lot of it. He does. He plays right up to it. There are questions need answering. But exactly what was predicted by going out and making documentaries and going out and doing this, that and the other. And we're going to have a straightener with you and all this business. It makes them look like a victim. I've always said that. Be careful that you don't turn your enemy into a victim because people love the underdog. Mm. And the thing is, as we've said before, Deckard will get all the views when this is happening. So it's in his interest to have it. But... People need to back away. And the scary thing is the way it's turned. And now you were saying about all this getting called and nonce and all this business. That's where it can get dangerous. Yeah, 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 very, very dangerous. I mean, we all get called it. But the um, thing is, you've just got to... And I think most people's reaction when they hear it is now. They switch off to go, oh, not this, not this. Yeah, not, not the nonce so, name again. Yeah, yeah that's it. But the I thing think, is, though... Sorry, I'm going. Yeah, Sorry. Go on. No, I was just going to say they've done exactly what I said would happen to Decker. He's now in the position, he's back in the role of he is a victim. And I can see why people can think that about him because it's going way, way, way beyond what's acceptable. I no matter what's happened, what's been done or whatever, you can't carry on like that. But again, no. I'm saying this, but tomorrow he could do something to encourage something else, you know, because he does go out and sort of needle the well, situation. And, well, that's what I was going to say then, and Listen, we're all sat here now on a live YouTube chat. We're all there to be shot. We've kind of all put ourselves in the in the headlights, and Decker mm. does it more than most. So yeah. he's going to get a lot of shit, and then mm. to do controversial shit. Like, I put controversial shit on my social media, as you guys know. You're yeah. going to get some people who are not yeah. happy about it and who've got an opinion, and that's fine. But like you say, when it becomes a big weight and then the nonce chat takes over, yeah. people always gravitate to the masses. And then, like you say, it leaves Decker sat there as a victim. As a victim, yeah. Sort yeah, of. So, yeah, yeah. In, in a weird kind of way. And you don't know what effect that has. You, and you, he's, you and he's making money out of it. Has, and, and, and Annie, you're, you're completely right. He's making money out of it. He's, yeah. his, subs, his subs have gone up dramatically over the last couple of weeks because he's come out fighting. He's come out swinging. He's, come out, he's, he's come out. He's the underdog. Yeah, and that is mm. a, look. It, whoever's advised him to do that, 
Um, I don't believe he's thought of that himself, is, is advising them in the right way. And, you know, now it's putting it back on them and, and, he's, and he's bullying the bullies. That's what he's doing. Yeah. And, and ultimately, that is only going to lead to, to more from them. Um, somebody asking, did I, buy the, did I buy the content? Yeah, I bought all of Paddy Conroy's videos. I have bought all of these videos. I bought them in September last year for a pound. Um, because Decker Heggy didn't pay his bill. And I put an announcement out, and I'm not going to strike those videos yet. I'm going to decide what I'm going to do with them. The, that, that is my copyright now. I could take his channel down tomorrow. Um, I've had offers already uh, from people who said they want to buy them off me, but I, I'm more concerned about Paddy Conroy at the moment than I am about Decker Heggy. And uh, pa Paddy's now apparently put a video out saying he's going to close his channel down um, because of this matter. Well, good. That's that's fantastic because he should go off YouTube. He's a, he's a horrible, despicable bloke who is a bully, who's a liar. And rest assured, Paddy, there is a video coming out which is now going to spell out quite clearly why you are what I say you are. And well, I am now going for the jugular after sitting quiet for three months. Watch this space, Paddy. The evidence is coming. The due diligence was done years ago. You are going to have a few home truths told, young man. Well, can I just say something, um, Steve, very quickly on this matter? Paddy's got something or someone's put it into his head that you could have been telling me to report him. Just let me stress this. I didn't... You've never told me that to report him, and I wouldn't no. do it anyway, and I wouldn't encourage people to report, because I'll just tell you, Paddy, if Paddy hears this, right... That's exactly what people did to me. They ganged up and started reporting me to the police. And do you know all that it did? When I went to the police and I said, can you see now that I'm being cyberbullied? They said, yes. If loads of people start going and complain about you and do it anonymously, the police will say, oh, this person's getting cyberbullied. So they won't do anything. Yeah. So it makes no point, but I can assure you, Paddy, if you hear this, Steve didn't tell me to go and report you. You can look through the videos, he didn't, and certainly I wouldn't do anything like that anyway, because no, I don't see the point. Definitely you know. not. But you know what? It's all fair and love and war. There's been a mm. lot of uh, stuff thrown around. I've sat back for eight months. I've been uh, called all kinds of horrible things on that particular channel, uh, been accused of being um, a sexual deviant, been accused of being gay, a pimp. Uh, been accused of being involved with sex offenders, uh, all of it under under a pseudonym, uh, stuff which really I could I could I could sue the guy for, um, which is basically what he wants us to do. And yeah. I am not going down that particular route. I've let you hang yourself for eight months. I've got all those videos. I've got them all saved in a nice little uh, little hard drive, uh, which has been backed up and given to two other people. And uh, believe you me, um, you'll wish you'd never made those videos. You've really made yourself look a fool. You're a Walter Mitty of Newcastle, and you are going down, my friend. You are going down. That is all I'm going to say on that matter. But it's an interesting debate. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it will continue over the next few days. But I think closing a YouTube channel down might be a good idea it be a little bit too late okay been a fantastic debate tonight i want to thank all the panelists i want to thank dean as well for coming on took yeah. us took, took away a few of those subject matters of course that we've got lined up we can use them next week and of course yeah. there'll be plenty more um anything else right. anything else you want to plug or say and yeah. uh, any shows coming up on your channel hey no i've got anything um planned as yet it just happens with me that's it it happens that day and suddenly Everything either explodes or whatever happens, whatever's going on. Oh, I've got a. Oh, yeah, I've got 
watch tomorrow. I've got a very, very interesting one coming up tomorrow. Very interesting. Someone being um, outed for being uh, porky pie. So that would be interesting. Coogie, anything coming up on your channel? Uh, not at the moment. I mean, I do want to do more social environment stuff. I mean, that's what my channel is all about, really, when I talk about my crimes. I'm also... The crimes speak by themselves. You know, they, they talk, they tell the story of the social environment I was brought up in and what's changed, you know, and that's what I'm going to gonna do, you know. Good stuff. And well, you're writing your book, Cookie, as well, which is yeah. which is great. Uh, so good luck with that. You've sent me a little taster of that, which is fantastic. So keep on going with that. And uh, Lee, what about you? I mean, you, you're still putting your head together with your book, aren't you? Because everybody wants to read that after your podcast appearances. Yeah, still on with that, mate. But all I'm going to concentrate on this week is just not look at anyone. I don't want to be hauled into the police station. And fuck <laughs> I don't want to do another stretch just for looking at someone on the way past. Well, funny enough, Bullet says I'm trying not the hardest not to look at the panel for a long uh, for a long. I don't need the trouble. Uh, so that's exactly. Carl says you need to get Glover and Cookie on together. Well, definitely. Look, uh, Davy Glover is something that Cookie is working on. I'm sure that that will happen in due course. Patricia, anything exciting going on in Northern Ireland that you're involved well, in? I, as you know, Steve had talked to you about this before. I've been working on my own podcast channel, which will be some inter interesting interviews, but it won't be launched for a while. But I started that last week. So it'll just be one-on-one -on -one interviews with people with very interesting stories. But, so that's what's keeping me busy at the moment, as well as the other little bits and pieces I'm doing. But yeah, at the moment, everything is quiet here, thank God. And everybody's healthy, so... Good stuff. You know Excellent. what, Steve? I've just got to say this. Know about the steering, Lee? Yeah. If people wind it back a little bit, it looks like you're staring down at me all the time. So I'm going to report you to the police. I'm going to make you feel sexually intimidated. I'm a, I'm a nonce. Apparently, I'm a nonce. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> on, that note, on, that, on that note, we'll leave it there. But listen, great show. Okay. Great panel. Thanks, Patricia. Thanks, Cookie. Bye. 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 Bye